January 6th, 2021. Typically, we record middle of the week and try to get something out. Um, we didn't record last night because of the Heisman. We were celebrating with Devontae. And, and, uh, hey, b- before, we get, before we get too dark, roll tide. And that's all. That's it. Keep going. Keep going now. And then today, we were trying to kick off the new year with a, a little bit more of a fun topic. And uh, we were going to do some story time, right? And, uh, and let me have my more centered episode and some Navy stories, some fatherhood stories, some just works, just, just all around, just kind of some funny stories. And then this happened. And I don't want the date to be forgotten. And you still may be listening to this at any time. But this one's recorded January 6th, 2021. And that date, I'm going to say it several times this pod. What we just saw and have seen over the past about two and a half, three hours at this point, it's about 530 Eastern time, is the most shameful thing, the most intolerable thing has happened in the United States since the formation of our democracy for our democratic system. It's a mess, man. Um, I'm not going to do an intro. We're not going to be playing any music. This is, uh, we're, we're just reacting. And, um, I can say that there have been a a couple of times in my life, maybe I'm going to say 10, 10 times in my life where something's happened on a national scale that really just rocks your day. And you, you take pause and it hits you in the chest and you start questioning things and you start looking around like what is happening. And, you know, everybody thinks about nine 11. That was one. We were very young. Um, but that was a day, you know, uh, I think about like the Ferguson riots, what is happening there? Um, a lot of the stuff with the Middle East, they were, you know, seeing some images come out. And I'll tell you, it, it's sad, but it seems like a lot of those days have been stacked up and have been closer and closer and closer together in time. And, uh, you know, this is a culmination of a lot of a lot of other moments leading to this one. And uh, it's, it's just pretty shocking to see. So before we get into our reaction, I would like to just maybe talk through for those of uh, the listeners out there that aren't keeping up on their phones or don't have TV access today or who are missing out. Um, some stuff has happened today. Corey, do you want to walk them through real fast, just kind of what is happening or what has happened? So January 6th, According, it's in the Constitution. That is the day that Congress and Senate get together and they tabulate the Electoral College votes to officially certify the election at being complete and whoever winning, right? So this year there has uh, was a planned rally um, for, for, the, for President Trump. And uh, so they knew a lot of stuff was happening. President Trump got out in front of uh, roughly 30 to 45,000 people and basically... I, the easiest way that I can say it is he incited a riot, uh, told them to march on the Capitol. They marched down to the Capitol and literally started a coup. They ransacked, got through Capitol Police. Tear gas is going off in the rotunda. 
You've got people that have been at this point, you know, we don't know who all has been arrested, who all has been injured and hurt. But we know at least a couple officers, a couple bystanders have been shot or in critical condition. We have pictures of people sitting on the Senate floor where just moments earlier uh, I was watching Ted Cruz debate on why Arizona shouldn't be certified. Sitting in the same chair that Mike Pence was sitting in while he was validating these results or for six states, there was a debate that was going to be happening, which, hey, that's fine. Actually, no, it's not, but I'll get into that. There's pictures of them in Pelosi's office. There's pictures of them literally in video of destroying the Capitol, marching on the Capitol, breaking windows, breaking through, <sighs> inciting violence against our nation's elected officials and against one of the most profound symbols of democracy in the entire world ransacked by our own citizens today. And I don't want to get this confused. That is domestic terrorism. Terrorists, by definition, are people who incite violence in the name of politics or religion. Today, what we witnessed in the United States, the greatest democracy of all time, was domestic terrorism and a coup against our way of life and our way of government. My, I want to clarify my position on this topic. Chime time, and if you're not already drinking, then you're way behind on today. Um, I want to clarify my position here. I, I, what I'm about to say for the next hour is not political. It, it's 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 based around politics. But I am not going to really take any stance on what political views, Republican, Democrat, whatnot. The actions are, are what I'm going to be giving my opinion on. Corey, you do your own thing. I know you got a lot of feelings, so I'm going to let you run. But, um, you know, the First Amendment protects the right to peaceably assemble. There's a lot of other rights under the First Amendment, speech, religion, and everything. But peaceably assemble. And I think it's petition grievances and, and stuff like that. But, okay, it, it doesn't protect you from, like, having a mob uh, uh, have an actual assault on, on a federal building. And not only a federal building. Like you said, the physical center of our entire political system uh, of the United States of America, which is, quote-unquote, one of the— most powerful or at least looked up to or at least looked at countries in the entire world. It is just insane to see these images. My personal experience, I was doing some errands this morning and I started getting texts on my phone and started getting uh, notifications, you know, mob rally, you know, uh, approaches Capitol building. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then I started seeing the images and start seeing the, the videos of people smashing out windows and basically just bull rushing police officers and security guards. And, uh, that is where I, I realized the gravity of the situation. At first I thought, you know, we've seen, it sounds so bad. We've been so desensitized to seeing these things. We see the, we see the, the massive crowds 
and the flags and the yelling and the screaming and the kicking of cars and the blowing out of windows and lighting fires. And we, we've seen all that stuff. And it's so commonplace that I saw this initially and I was like, all right, it's just another, it's another day, you know? And then you start seeing them get in and they get on the, the Senate floor and they're in the offices and they're taking selfies and they're declaring their names on, on video in front of these reporters. Like you're crazy. But they're all going <laughs> to jail. I mean, you've committed a felony. <laughs> like, I mean, a treason would, I think would be applicable. I mean, yeah. I mean, Definitely. Um, it, it's absolutely shocking to me what those, what those images were. I don't know what your, what was your, how did you realize the, the gravity of what was, what was happening? So I want to address it this way. To your point, we've seen a lot of protests I mean, really the past, I'd say 10 years, past decade has been more. And, and I know, and I, and I wasn't around when the Vietnam War protests and, and obviously all those other big, big marches went on. I wasn't here. I didn't see it. What I have seen are a lot more that are not necessarily located in DC, but that are, you know, more national, right? We've seen the, uh, we've seen the, you mentioned the Ferguson riots, right? We've seen a, a, a bunch of the different things that have happened generally around race, uh, over the, I think has culminated over the last four to 10 years. Uh, I think that's fair to say, uh, I'm sure that, you know, I'm still at all this. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong and I'm sorry, but this is kind of what I'm thinking right now. And just looking at the difference. Correct. The First Amendment gives you the right to peacefully assemble and protest as it should, as everyone should, right? You don't have this country, and I think I've said this before, we're not, we don't have this country, and we're not here to celebrate if we don't have 1776, and we don't rise up against, uh, you know, oppression. But that's not what we have here. That's not what's going on. This is not 1776. I texted you this earlier. This is not 1776. This is more like 1861. This is when the first shots were fired in the Civil War on Fort Sumter. We are creating such a divisive populace that I don't know how we move forward yet. I don't know. And the difference between peaceful protest and assembly and what has happened today and what has happened in a lot of these other protests. I'm not condoning any violence, any breaking of buildings. Any, none of that needs to happen ever. But attacking our democracy, it's unexcusable. I am currently watching uh, the riot police move, uh, move the crowds backwards. And there is a curfew at 6 o'clock, uh, which I guess they are attempting to enforce. They've still got people on the actual grounds in front of the Capitol, which I guess one of the reporters was saying that, like, even during regular, like, during the day, like, citizen, re regular citizens are not allowed there. Yeah. <laughs> so they were still essentially occupying or trespassing and occupying, you know, federally, I guess, protected um, property. But they are uh, currently walking people back in full riot gear. Um, it, you know, I think they called in the, National Guard as well. They, they've got Metro and every everybody uh, a big presence. You know, one thing that one thing that absolutely shocked me. Um, I know that there were some reports of injuries, but I'm sorry, and I'm not I'm not condoning shooting anyone, but 
what point when you have a physical assault on the capital, on our, our castle, on our, like I said, the physical center of our political system, at what point do, is there not lethal force or at least non-lethal force? I didn't see, we didn't see rubber bullets. We didn't see gas. We didn't see, I don't, I mean, not that I have seen reported or even just, you know, personal videos online. It's pretty shocking to me that there was not more uh, resistance. Yeah, I'm going to say something pretty controversial, but in my mind, it's not. If you don't know what white privilege looks like, go watch what's happened today. If you want to look at the Black Lives Matters movement and everything else that happened with that, when they're protesting outside of the White House on the Lafayette Square and Trump comes out and issues and has them throw tear gas at those people so that he can come take a photo op across the street at a church. And then you see these guys break into the Capitol shooting people, breaking down windows, doing everything else that has been going on today, and, and no lethal force, no anything. I, I don't know a better way to even try to justify. Like th th There is no justification for that. If you, d if you do not believe that there is not white privilege in this world, I'm sorry, you are blind. And I'm saying that as a white guy who benefits from it regularly. And, and I, what's so sad is that I've studied it. I've read the books. I can say all of this stuff. I can empathize, but I've never had to go through it. And I never will. And so I can almost understand uh, when those protests and those riots get a little bit more violent. They have been oppressed for years, for hundreds of years. But we want to get upset because the last four, the next four years aren't going to go the way that we want them to go. No. Absolutely not. I, I can't see a counter argument to that point that exists. To explain to me, all I would say is explain to me how they can, how this group of predominantly Trump supporters, I'm assuming it's all Trump supporters, explain to me how they can physically trespass and walk onto that property and disobey orders to stand down and break the law. Explain to me how they can break the law and, and march on the Capitol and not be met with some greater force than has been shown. I don't, I don't, I mean, explain it to me, not you, but if you're out there and you're taking that stance, that's fine. But do you like, try to explain that to me that because who they are and who they support and what they look like, Try to tell me that that has nothing to do with why there was not a more forcible response today as we're watching this. I, I had, just, I mean, a, a logical, reasonable person, I am. Explain that to me. Just tell me. And, and I, I will listen. I would love to listen and have a dialogue. I, I can't see a defense that makes any sense, but go ahead. Let me know. Try. Here, here's, here's where it's going to get a little scary is, you know, you talked about the curfew that's going into effect in 20 minutes and they're trying to get people cleared out and done. Uh, I, I mean, and plenty of people have already been saying that it's just going to get way worse after, after the sun goes down, which it's going down in DC and on the East coast right now. So uh, there's no telling, you know, we're, we're filming this now and it's, you know, five thirty, yeah. four thirty for you. There's no telling what's going to happen in two, three more hours. And, you know, I, I'm praying, I'm hoping that, it dissolves that they've got enough police force there now. And let me be clear on that too. 
I've talked about Black Lives Matter. I believe in BLM. I believe in that. But what I want everyone to understand is that the B stands for black and blue. All right. It, it can go both ways. You're allowed to support both. Is there is there issues in our police force? You're damn right. And I would love to discuss it with you. But that doesn't mean that that life is any less important than than another. All right. So you, if, if this if you really want to be the president and the party of law and order, then you better go out and do it because there is no law and order today. There is none. You're attacking those same people that you want to sit there and preach and, and, and go crazy about if somebody were to attack. You're attacking them. My question to you or one of the thoughts that I've had is this doesn't look like my country. This is I, a third world country. This doesn't look like what I imagine the United States of America looking like. So and I'm going to tell you what my opinion is, and then I'd like to get yours. But this looks uh, – one thing that I have learned in my short 31 years on this earth is that a group of people have different traits and characteristics, right? And then different groups of different people have different groups – traits and characteristics, right? So there are stereotypes for young people. There are stereotypes for old people, for middle-aged people, for white people, for black people, for Asian people, for there's people come in all shapes and sizes, and they all have various different tendencies and little things that are different, cultural differences, religious, language, different ways to do things. That is the world we, we live in. It's a melting pot. We have all kinds of different races and creeds and everything. So what I'm getting at is the one truth that I have that I have, that I believe in most deeply is that in every group, there are bad apples and they will ruin that name for every other person in that group. And what I think I'm seeing right here is the worst of us. I don't think it's everybody. I, don't, I hope not. God, I hope not. I hope this isn't the 50%. I hope this isn't the 75%. I think I'm seeing the 3%, the crazies, the idiots, the uneducated, I think that I'm I'm watching the people, the radicals. I mean, these are radical people. You can't, you cannot tell me that a sane, rational person. I don't know a single person that would go to the Capitol and and do this and and physically try to assault the Capitol building. I, I just find a sane, rational person that says, this is how I'm going to make change. This is how I think this is the best way to affect change in this country. So when I look at this, I'm praying to God that this is just the fringe, the fringe, radical, uneducated, all of the all of the above, the irrational, the unreasonable. So what are your thoughts? I would 100 percent agree. Uh, you know, I think I mentioned it in an earlier pod, and I think it was the politics when we were talking about the uh, the electoral college and everything. You know, really, when you break down how the vote was actually done, I mean, it was 5.9% of Republican voters actually voted for Trump in the primaries. And I'd say we're probably seeing, you know, 3 to 5% of the Republican base. I by no means am trying to condemn the Republican Party and anything they stand for. Let me tell you something. I don't agree in partisanship. I don't agree in only voting one way because that's the way that I'm told to because of, you know, a Democratic, that might be my label. That is not at all what I think. And I, anyone who does that, you're ignorant because you, you, you're 100% right. We are a melting pot and we all have different backgrounds. We all have different understandings. We all think we're right. And what's really sad is that a lot of these people probably think they're right. 
Like that, that is what is so scary to me. They probably think they're right, but you're never going to advance at any, in any civilization, in any country, anywhere. If you don't have ideas that are able to be debatable, you, you have to be able to form a debate on each side and more than likely there's some compromise. There's not generally, it's all left. It's all right. There's usually some gray area in the middle. That's actually the best direction to go. I'm going to take some of what you think, some of what I think. What do you think? All right, cool. This is the best way to move forward. And if you were so tunnel visioned and blind to everything else that no one else can be right, this is what you get. This is what you get. I cannot help. I cannot help but return to the same idea. And and this, I feel very, this is very much like inception for me. Like an idea has been planted in my mind. I watched, I watched a documentary. And honestly, since that moment, I have not been able to get this out of my mind because it's the most rational way of making all of this make sense. But back to the social dilemma, when, when they talk about how, the social media and the news outlets are based on advertising models and they're intended and created specifically to polarize people and polarize their attention. I think this is the outcome. I think in the, in the very crux of that, the climax of that, that uh, documentary, when they say, Hey, what's, you know, what's the worst case scenario if we don't fix this? And the guy says civil war. When he says that my heart, fell into my stomach and I'll never forget the feeling that I felt when he said it. Cause I was like, it, they, they teed it up the entire time to where that was a very believable and real sentence, uh, real answer to that question. And I'm looking on my television right now on various different news networks who are all making probably a ton of money from ad dollars right now. That's a whole other thing, but I'm watching what appears to be, I'm not going to say it's a war, but the, the makings of, of a civil war, of a polarized community where the fringes can't see anything and they're, they're, they're getting violent. This is, it's freaking crazy. It's crazy. And I, I still come back to until we can figure out how to get some, some centrist style, some, some central, I know they used that in the, in the social dilemma, the centrist movement or whatever, the, the radical center. I think that's, I think they were making a play on that. Um, but to your point, un, until we can get the, the sides to kind of find some compromise, we're, we no longer compromise as a society. What, what, I'm sorry, I got lost in that for a second, but I keep coming back to the social media aspect of it. These people, you said they believe, they, I guarantee they, Clearly, they believe that what they're doing is right and just. And if you're that brainwashed and you're that far gone to where you think this is the right path, we have issues. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. And, and it's exactly that, right? I mean, I, it, that's, that is 100%. That is part of it. You know, social media and the way that it has, you know, the algorithms work to just direct you only down one little rabbit hole. And that's all you're ever going to see. That's all you're ever going to know. You will not ever see anything outside of that. These people and like the QAnon conspiracy crap, that's all they know. 
That's all they've seen. That's the same reason we had somebody come in into DC with a uh, AK-47 and go to a pizza shop because he thought, you know, Democrats were running a, a pedophilia ring in the basement, which he didn't even have a basement. But it's because of the it's because you get so brainwashed and get pushed the same information over and over and over and over again. And what is so sad is that right now, it's it's all stemming from one man. It is. It is coming from Trump. And he, he has stopped being a president. And, and we can argue before you know the three and a half years prior. But I can tell you, in November, when he lost that election, he stopped being a president and started pushing every conspiracy theory under the book on how he should still be president and should still win the election and be re-inaugurated January 20th. It, you want to know my honest opinion? He, he, they need to invoke the 25th Amendment. This guy needs to be gone now because obviously his leadership is leading to crap like this, and that's not acceptable. I've been in a lot of situations, uh, organizations, whether that's sports, school. I've seen all kinds of leadership. Um, again, taking out political party or stance or anything, not trying to stop this, like purposefully not saying anything to try to get this to stop. That is not good leadership. Coming back to the beginning, this is absolute insanity that we're seeing on TV right now. But a leader would say, let's let calmer heads prevail. Look, let's, you know, nobody likes a sore loser. Nobody likes a sore winner. It's a passing of power. That's how our democracy is set up. And, and if you, you know, lost, go out with some dignity. So you look at it this way. There needs to be a peaceful passing of power. That has been far from what we have here. And without that, that is what has led us to this issue. Right. That is what has led us down this ridiculous path of attacking any and everyone that may disagree with us. There is no reason you and I can disagree over anything, uh, anything. And we could be staunchly a disagreement. I'm not going to shoot you over it. Like this, this is like this. This is like the, the two siblings when they're young and they're arguing over like a piece of candy. And then the older brother throws a rock. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, well, that was a little far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, I think that's the point we're at right now, right? I, I think, and, and I, I don't care to get political. So what, what, I, what I think. You do you, man. You do you. That's what, cool. What, what's, and what has definitely happened is seeing that peaceful transition of power. If you have and think that there was voter fraud in this election, that is perfectly okay. I, you have every right to think that if you can find the proof and present that and have it go through court. Guess what? Over 60 cases were tried, and I think none of them are actually proven guilty. Uh, none of them were actually proven legible, credible, anything. It's not there. It's th this election is over. It was by decided by over 8 million votes. OK, so, yeah, I, I'm not saying that it was perfect and every single one of those votes is valid. There probably is some discrepancy in that. I don't I don't discount that. And that needs to be addressed. I want zero just like you do. But go listen to what Mitch McConnell said on the Senate floor today before this crap started. He did say he's like, listen, we, we need to get through this. We need to we need to not uh, object to these six states that everybody's objecting to, that they started objecting to, because it's it's that. It's that little match thrown in the tinderbox that was these 30,000 people that incited this riot, that incited this mob, that kicked off this episode of domestic terrorism. That's all it takes. 
not acknowledging this peaceful protest and this peaceful transfer of power. You could protest. Uh, please, please, please do this. We'll never advance. We'll never move forward if you don't. Stand up for what you think in. Stand up for what you believe. You know, I can't remember who said it, but one of my favorite quotes, of uh, all that is required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. But right now, this is what we're seeing. And I can tell you that I'm not going to sit by anymore and allow evil to go on any further because what is happening right now is evil. I have a tough time arguing with that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to, I keep coming back to this idea of cooler heads prevailing and smart, reasonable people standing up and doing, doing something. And that's uh, gosh, if we, if we don't need it, if, if we didn't need it before <laughs> we need it now, clearly, clearly. Just these scenes are insane. Insane. Honestly, and I think one of the sad things, and honestly, this is sad. I I mean this. I sincerely mean this. I think one of the consequences from today is you just gave Democrats the power for a long, long time. And I'll tell you why, because I think that, you know, this may only be three or five percent or whatever it might be of the Republican base that that really kind of believes this and is really pushing for this and really incites to this degree. But you probably just fractured that party. That party is fractured. There's no telling who or what they may leave, who they may fall behind. You know, everybody keeps saying this is Trump's Republican Party. Well, I think Trump is now on the outskirts. I think he's more and more fringe. You have Mitch McConnell, who's the leading Republican in the Senate, go against him. And and now you have, you know, Trump still doing his own thing. I, I fully expect Trump to announce probably within the next year that he's going to run for president in 2024 again. And you're going to have a divided Republican Party uh, of who to follow. And you're, and you're going to leave Democrat because let me tell you right now, I'm going to run for something in 2022. And you know, one of the my campaign things is going to be is going to be show this crap over and over again and say, this is what that leadership got you. This is what that leadership. That's all I have to say. What else do I need to? Right. It, will, it will be very interesting to see what the political ramifications and fallout are of this. But I mean, with Georgia coming through today, too, I mean, things are going to be pretty settled for the next two years at this point we'll see we'll see what both parties come up with but in my opinion we need to get some new people in here yeah. <laughs> not that old is bad but we need to get some a little bit more youthful in touch you know i don't feel like i i don't feel like most politicians are actually in touch with the community and the country and the things that we're talking about, the things that make Amer- actually make America what it is. Um, and that's a whole other conversation that we talked to a little bit in the, in the politics podcast. But uh, it is going to be very interesting to see. And the, the sad truth is I, I could be wrong, and I really, really hope and pray that I am. It is 555 Eastern. It's just gotten dark in Washington. And uh, these people don't appear to be going anywhere. And so we will see we will see if we witness the force that we saw with other protests recently in in clearing and enforcing this curfew. I'm very curious to see if they allow these people to continue to assemble and if they actually try to enforce this curfew. I think the night is unfortunately fairly young. So, yeah, you know, just uh, I guess wrap that up a little bit. In eight, you know, I referenced 1861 and the start of the Civil War, and, and, and I'm really hoping that, you know, we don't talk about 
2021 and January 6th being where the first shots were fired on the Capitol Hill as opposed to Fort Sumter. But Ulysses S. Grant did say at that time, when you talk about our party, you know, political system, that there really are only two parties anymore. And it's the Patriots and the traitors. And I would say 97% of us are probably okay. But it's those fringe 3% that are inciting chaos and anarchy. What do we do? I mean, what do you, what do you do about it? You've got to have someone who's actually going to take control. I mean, so, so how, how do these, but we've empowered these fringe people and these aren't, I mean, yes, there are, I, there are politicians that are not, not supporting. They're not condoning. Uh, what's the best way I could say it. They're condoning this behavior, I guess there are, but outside of a political system, is there a bigger issue of a legal perspective, allowing this kind of behavior to, to be allowed? You know what I'm saying? Our, our constitutional protections, this is a much larger, broader topic, but our constitutional protections sometimes afford those bad apples that I was talking about to twist and use those protections for, for bad, for evil. And I think we're watching that right now. So I think some of the most, yeah, drink. Uh, some of the, some of the most evil people are also some of the smartest, right? I mean, they helped write that legislation. They know the loopholes, right? When you, when you look at the lobbyists, you look at those leaders who are in control, you don't have anybody taking accountability. I mean, I think that's what it all boils down to is, is who's really getting held accountable. You know, who's, who's going to be responsible for this. Who's going to pick their hand up and say, I'll fix it. You know, I, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, like I love that, and we need to we need to move and do things. But I still think that in this country that we're in, the most powerful people will make the most powerful impact. And the most powerful people in this country, this capitalistic society, are people that have money. And there are people that we don't even know about that are out here pulling the strings that are just nudging society in one way or the other to their, their financial benefit. And it's going to take a few of those really, really powerful. It's going to take some rich people to stand up and take a, take a stand and, and try to try to fix this, I guess. Uh, I, that, that may be a cynical outlook on it. Um, but Listen, it goes, it goes, follow the money. You know, follow the money. Money erodes integrity faster than anything else. And that is what has happened. You know, are we, where, where, where is the integrity of our nation? It's fought. It's so multi, it's so multifaceted though. I'm, I'm sitting here and I, I keep coming back to that. I keep saying uneducated. And I think I'm saying uneducated because I don't imagine someone who has, uh, been through some sort of formal education thinking these thoughts and, and, and going out here and believing that they're correct on, on this level, this scale. Um, there, there's an education issue, right? I mean, public school system is terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's one thing. Okay. So let's go fix that. But then there's also the political system. Well, how do we fix that? Is that fixable? You know, there's just, there's not one little there's not one fix all there's not hey let's find some rich person to start telling everybody to do what's right that's not you know it's so multifaceted that i think to your point we keep coming back around 
the ripple and the wave, if one of, if we can do our own little part in our own little world and just try to try to be good, just be better, <laughs> just be better. Um, you know, if we can get a, a, the, a lot of people to be better, then maybe we'll start seeing the needle move. But I'm, I'm almost speechless watching some of this stuff. I'm just yeah. shocked. It's sad. It's sad. I feel very sad. It's disheartening. I feel defeated. It's always fun being on a winning team, right? It's fun being on a winning team. It's fun being a fan of a winning team. It's fun learning everything there is to know about a winning team. And this is not a winning team. It's not fun to lose. It's not fun to be a part of an organization that you aren't super proud of right now. So watching all this is defeating. It's sad. It's a sad it hurts. sight. It hurts. But I want to make a, a clarification of one of the things you just said, because I think you're right on with it. I mean, there there isn't just one thing you can point a finger on and say, if I fix this, it's the magic, you know, bean, right? I mean, there is no equation that equals everything. You know, E equals MC squared only became into existence after Einstein did 8 million other things to simplify it down. There, there, there is no Einstein when it comes to making democracy work. There is no one thing to, to just, you know, make everything better. It definitely does start one thing at a time, but that's why you have to get that one thing started, right? That is that ripple that, that builds into a wave that, that is the only way to do it. You know, looking at a, a feat that is so insurmountable, you're never going to, you're never going to get there unless you take the first step. You're never going to, you know, uh, I can give you 8 million different, you know, the ripple and the wave, the eat the elephant one bite at a time, all that, you know, crap, but you're, but it's the truth, right? Unless you get started somewhere, nothing will ever happen. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's where you have to kind of go with it because I, I unfortunately, you know, you, you said it a couple of times about the uneducated, you know, people and populace. And, and I agree, education would honestly be one of the things that I think you'd have to address first uh, to, to kind of, you know, have the largest impact. But there is a difference, an ignorant person and a stupid person, right? I mean, if you're, if you're ignorant, you really don't know any better. You, you've never been exposed to it. And I think a lot of our issues, especially with people like this, that are with what's going on today, they're just ignorant. They don't know any better. They haven't been, you know, given that opportunity to even learn. A stupid person is someone who does know better and still says, screw it. And I think those are the politicians that actually do know better but are pandering to this to be able to, you know, grow their own base, get their own money, can stay in power, do whatever the hell they, they want to do. And I, and I can tell you, man, you know, I, I talked about the peaceful transfer of power and, and how a lot of that has kind of dripped out from – you know, the election and, and, and people going to contest these, these six states and the plan that was to go forward today with the contestant of that. And, and I, I get that. But I'll tell you this, that mindset is what kind of set this in motion. And I will campaign, I will phone bank, I will donate my time, my money against every single congressman and every single senator that comes back to the, to the chambers tonight or in the morning or whenever they reconvene and they still want to go down that path after seeing what just happened. No, you're, I'm going to make sure you do not see office ever again. Two other thoughts for me. You're talking about ignorance and that's a, that's a great delineation there. Because if you don't know any better, it's hard to it's hard to 
to hate somebody for that. I hate is a strong word. It's hard to, um, to put some da- someone down for not understanding that what they're doing is wrong or that they're off base. Now, once you tell them, then you should be able to hold them accountable. Um, so I think a big thing that, that we need as a society is just an ability to listen. Just sometimes, sometimes it, you don't need to just spew what you think you know. Look, let's just listen, just listen to the other side. Just, I don't care what side it is. Just listen and have an open mind. These are, these are things and terms and words that are not used very often these days. Everybody knows that they're right. They know this. They know that. They believe this. They believe that. Look, I don't know everything. I can say that, and that doesn't make me any less of a person. I, I'm, I'm a forever learner. That's what I consider myself. I, I'm always going to be learning, and I'm very almost excited to learn other people's opinions and thoughts on things. Now, there are some baselines that I won't cross. There are some bookends that like, I'm not going to go too far that way or too far this way because of what, because of what I believe, but I'll, I'll hear you out. And God, we got to start just, just opening our hearts, compromise, listen a little bit more. Let's, let's be caring. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe be compassionate. You know what I'm saying? Maybe be kind golden rule stuff. Where, where's all that stuff gone? What, what, where has been, why is being a good person? Why is being a nice person? Why is that a bad thing? Okay. It clearly doesn't seem great right now. Not based on what I'm seeing on TV. So that's my little, my little rant for a second. And no, uh, I, I, I liked it. I liked it. I think, I think, you know, you're, you're right on with it. Um, you know, I think what well, some of the things that I've learned and I think you probably can speak to this too. And you pretty much just did, but I think three of the hardest words for someone to say is I don't know. And that baffles me. If you don't know, it's okay. I promise. You know what? I it's, promise it is. It's almost endearing to say that I have gone into multiple different jobs and situations. And by saying, Oh, I'm not quite sure. But but let me t- tell me how to do this, or or tell me or I'll what find you out. think. You know, I'm not sure, but I'll find out. You know, what I'm saying like that is almost an endearing quality, and people see it as a weakness, which is insane. The last thing that I really had, and this just came up, it quite literally came up two minutes ago on Twitter. I'm just going to read a tweet from the still acting president of the United States of America. These are the things and events that happen. When a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long, go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. If I've ever heard a sore loser before in my life. (laughs) Well, the refs, the refs blew it. I mean, the refs, hey. Refs blew it. They changed the rules at halftime. I mean, how many times have we seen pissed off fans? You know, all the rest, his foot was in bounds. He says, go, he says, go home with love and in peace. It, it's kind of like, it's from, uh, it's from Game of Thrones. It's the two sisters are talking to each other and they say, what did father used to say? Anything that comes before the word, but is shit. 
that basically say anything that comes before the word but doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I don't know. You have that. I mean, enjoy enjoy that one. <laughs> it's, it's the same dude, right? It's the same guy that said in Charlottesville that there are good people on both sides when one side is the KKK. Like, how is that okay? How? How? This guy is continuing to do the same exact thing that he has done since the very first day he was in office, and I don't understand it. Obviously, this message leads to the act of terrorism that we have seen today, and the fact that he is leading that fraction is – you know what? Make Biden the 47th president. Let Pence run it out for 13 days. All right, like let's just be done here. We th- this guy needs to go. He needs to get out. I'm so sick and tired of it. And, and and it's unhealthy for this country. Not only for this country and how we can proceed forward, but how are we supposed to lead the world? How are we supposed to be viewed around the world? How are we supposed to sit there and tell Russia they need to run a free and fair election when we all know Putin doesn't? Right? We all know that. We all sit there and try to you know correct it and do things better. But he's going to look right back at us, look right back at Joe in, in a couple of years and just be like, why would I do that? You guys can't see me. Get your shit together. And he's right because we don't. We don't have our own stuff together. And it's, it's so aggravating. It is so annoying. And, and what happened today? Yeah. You know what? The only thing that I agree with in what you just read, don't forget it. Never forget the way that you feel today on January 6th. 2021 because that is what's going to enact change i really hope i really pray this is the lowest point in our democracy in our democratic system and our democratic process because i would hate to see it get any worse than this i hope that this is not the start of the next you know 1861 i hope this is not the start of the next civil war i hope this is just this is it that is my fear is that this may not be a one-day thing Something that came to mind as you were talking, um, I've managed a lot of people in the last eight years, and I've seen a lot of teams being led and managed, right? I've seen all kinds of bosses. And there's one other thing that I know, and that is you're only as good as your weakest link, and the boss that lets those little things go at the bottom, the boss that lets the bad things happen at the bottom, people being late, all of these little things. The one that lets those things go, it starts to spiral up. And then your middle, the middle tier people start, well, if he's going to show up late, then I can show up late. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, your leaders at the top are like, well, the whole thing's run terribly, so I'm, I'm not bought in anymore. You know what I'm saying? And just seeing all of this happen, it, it's, again, it's not one thing. It was like, you know, condoning certain behavior allowed others, it empowered others to do bigger things. And then condoning that behavior allowed more people to empower them to do other bigger things. And it's just escalated and escalated and escalated. And like, at some point, God, can we, can we get a good leader? Can we get, can, can the, can the president of the United States of America be a good leader? Can we get a good leader in there? And that doesn't mean to micromanage everything. That doesn't mean to, you know, you don't have to do it all yourself, but put other people, put other good leaders in power and it will trickle down. I promise. But man, we are, we're on the struggle bus. Yep. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if Joe Biden's that guy. I really don't. I think he is definitely kind and a decent human being. I I don't know if he's going to be that person that's going to be able to snap us out of this and kind of get us going. I really don't. Um, But 
just to, to kind of reiterate what you just said and, and maybe to bring it home, I, I feel like, you know, you, if you tolerate those little things, like you were just saying, you allow that cancer to, to seep in. And I, and I think in my, yeah. in my mind, and I'm not going to say this, I say this unapologetically, Trump and that far right faction of, the, of these kind of people, that is, can, that is cancer. And that has grown steadily over the last four years. And if we allow cancer to continue to grow, you die. And if we allow this cancer to continue to grow, there goes the death of our democracy. To build on that, if we don't change this, we're in trouble. We're in trouble now. But if you don't stop it now, we're going to be in way more trouble. And then I don't know. I don't know what happens then. I've never once feared for like the future of for, for my kids. But with this, it makes me fear for the future for my children in the United States. Are they going to grow up in a country where they're trying to go to Canada? Are they going to grow up in a country where they wish they were in Australia or Switzerland or somewhere? Because I have friends right now that are making active plans to leave this country. <laughs> that's, that's not where we want to be. And how we got here is, is insane, but we used to be the place that everyone wanted to go to, to your point at the very beginning of this, you know, America was the melting pot of the world, right? And the, and the world looked to us for leadership. Not after today. I would argue that it was before then, but today is definitely a, uh, it's, it's almost like we're just live, like live videoing this. Cause we are, I mean, I'm, we did not prep a thing. We were just going off the top, but today will be a day that I will never forget. Um, not that social justice and, and other causes are not important, but this is an, a direct attack on the political fabric of our, of our country. And uh, pretty, uh, pretty eye-opening to see pretty, uh, pretty shocking. And uh the riot police are now trying to clear the streets, inching forward one at a, one step at a time. Uh, this is insane. You know, we'll we'll see. You and I may hop back on this here in uh, two or three hours if something else crazy happens. But if not, then this has been a uh, a wild episode of talking BS. Any any closing words? If this is the end of the podcast, not of society, maybe that too. Well, I mean, to your point. A, a political thread, you know, what, what is woven into our flag has been attacked. And if we allow that to continue, you know, I'll go back to that quote. If we allow, you know, good men to stand by and, and say nothing, evil will triumph. That thread will be pulled and that flag will unravel.